Hey everyone, this is George Edelman, Editor-in-Chief of No Film School. And today on the No Film School podcast, my guest is different than a lot of guests I have. Mainly because today's guest is a movie star. A legit movie star who is also a filmmaker. I mean, all talent in front of the camera you could categorize as a filmmaker. But for a lot of what we do on No Film School, we talk about people behind the camera and what makes a movie and not what happens in front. And we're not really pivoting here so much as Malin Ackerman, who is today's guest, has taken a turn to get behind the camera and produce a feature she also stars in called Chick Fight, which is available on streaming platforms now. And Chick Fight is a indie movie. It's the second movie she's produced. But what's great about having her as a guest, besides the fact that she's a really interesting person and just how her career was built as a star is interesting. Um, and we don't get to talk to a lot of people about things like that. And she has a unique path, certainly. So stay tuned for all of that. Some of it comes towards the end of the interview. But what's really cool is that we learn from her today what makes her want to get behind a project. And as a lot of us know, how you get a project made typically will come down to things like who you can attach, what kind of talent can you get. And for a lot of smaller projects or for features, Indie features, the idea of attaching a star um, who's interested in doing some indie stuff is the make or break. It's how one path to making your movie. Um, how you get the script in the hands of someone is a whole long story. Mullen talks a little bit about that. She talks about what she looks for in a script. She talks about what kinds of projects she wants to produce. She even talks about how once she has a script she likes, what she has to do to get it made because she also has to attach talent and it's still not a done deal. So this is a really interesting interview because you assume that the path from A to B for someone like Malin Ackerman is smooth, but it's really not. Um, making a movie is always tough and uh, she takes us into her process and how she chooses things and what she's looking for and, and what it's like to get a movie made. Um, so enjoy. Thank you again so much for doing this. Um, I like to usually start all of our interviews on the film school by asking people what really began their career and what started from an inspiration standpoint. What was the sort of thing that got you interested in being in film, in filmmaking, in the arts, in this, in this field? Um, it, was there a moment or was there a thing you saw or something uh, like that? I think that, you know, my mom and I, I, she loved Steve Martin and all of his films. And so we, yeah. I grew up watching comedies and just remember it so vividly because it was all, it was always the good moments we'd grab some um, brownie mix and just mix it, but not actually bake it and just eat the mix out of the, <laughs> over the bowl <laughs> and watch some great movies, you know, some great comedies. Um, and, and I, you just see how much joy it brings to people and how, um, how much fun it was to be a part of that, you know, and then, and then the thought of actually maybe being able to do that myself and bring that, enjoyment into other people's homes, I guess was sort of what got me. It wasn't even the acting itself. <laughs> it was yeah. what it, it was what it did. Um, and, and I, I guess that's what made me want to be a part of it. Um, 
we're a family full of jokers and my mom is super sarcastic and it was just part of who we are and, and performing within our own family. Um, so I think that it was a, a, a bit of a natural progression, even though none of yeah. my family is in the business. Going back to Steve Martin, was it like the jerk, which is amazing. I mean, I love Steve Martin. Was it three amigos? What was it? Oh that gosh. Was like, I'm just All curious. Above, was there... <laughs> Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah, um, yeah, Rock, yeah. You know, it was, he was just such a star back then. And even, yeah. you know, his stand up and, um, he's sort of like, I put him in the same category as Jim Carrey. They just have their own, you know, their own type of comedy and their facial expressions and their movements. And there's just something inherently funny. And they're both incredibly intelligent human beings. I find that a lot with comedians is that I think you have to be extremely, I, I want to say well-read, but it's not even well-read as far as school smart. There's You just have like this life experience and they're just mm. so, they're like encyclopedias of information and that's why they can retort back so quickly because um, yeah. they've just got so much going on. And I really appreciate that. You know, you have to be smart in order to act dumb <laughs> was kind of <laughs> get from it. And because I had a real hard time when I first started in comedy and, and um one of the first auditions I did out here in LA was for, um, oh gosh, now I'm going to forget the name of it. The, the Reese Witherspoon movie where she's a lawyer, uh, legally blind. Um, and it was for a TV show that they were going to make of it. And I was having such a hard time playing the dumb blonde because I wanted to be considered smart. And it was this, there was this, I was, and then somebody said that to me, they go, you have to be smart in order to play dumb. Otherwise it's just not going to work. And that was such a pivotal moment where I went, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. I guess you've got to be able to let go and lean into it and also be quick enough to go there, you know? And, and, um, and I think that's what comedy really lends itself to. When you act, you're at the mercy sort of, of like what's available and what people see you as and stuff. And you're sort of trying to figure out, how to create your own identity, (laughs) but you're also dependent on like, what am I going to get cast as, you know, did you find at some point you were like, there there was obviously some point in, in your long and successful career where you were like, okay, I'm making choices now about what things I want to do. How did that start happening? And what were those choices? Um, it did sort of happen organically, but of course I, I, I realized that what my tendency was, what I ended up, um, really enjoying was the sidekick. I mean, because the the lead characters are normally the ones who are pretty straight down the middle. And Mm -hmm. then you get the quirky characters who are, you know, the fun sidekick or the, or the friend or the sister or, you know, whoever it is, they always got all the best lines and all the best scenes. (laughs) And that was always what I gravitated towards in scripts um, more so than anything. I just, realize that I like to clown around. Um, and as much as I love, I'm not, I'm, I will take any leading role. (laughs) I'm not saying no, (laughs) but, but the most fun I've had has been in, in things like heartbreak kid, you know, 27 dresses. And they're all just these quirky, fun, silly characters, um, that you get to play around with. And that's when I realized, all right, that's really, that is definitely my thing that I love to do the most. But I mean, when we talk about things, I'm just happy to be working in Hollywood. So there's also that, but yeah. so like talking about, talking about chick fight. So you're, 
you're a producer on it. Yeah. And you're in a position where you start to make, you are able to say like, I'm going to put my weight, my muscle behind this in the sense of like, I'm going to be in it, but I'm going to make it happen. Um, right. What do you look for? What about it grabbed you and made you like as a filmmaker think this is a project? Like what's what happened there? Um, well, it began with the fact that my dear friend, Paul Layden, who I've known for, I'd say around 15 years, is the one who brought it to me. He didn't write it, um, but he normally writes scripts and they're very um, female heavy usually. And he's a big cheerleader of women in all the scripts of, of strong women. And I said, all right, if he's bringing me this, it's going to be something fun. And I just loved the idea of uh, a predominantly female heavy cast, you know, in the, in a, in a fight ring, which I, I personally, you know, haven't seen much of. And when he presented it to me, he said, it's sort of like bridesmaids meets fight club. And I went, Oh yes, bring it. I love <laughs> um, and, you know, at first I was just going to produce it with him and, and help him cast it and put it together. And then as we worked on it and did some character development and tried to, to fine tune it as best as we can, I started getting jealous of the fact that someone else was going to do it and just decided that, <laughs> that I wanted to get in the ring myself. So that, that really, you know, it was, it was a combination of all of that, that made me want to do this film, but, but ultimately, you know, producing is such a fun thing, especially then when you are going to be the lead role, you try to cushion it around you by casting really great actors, um, comedic actors, which I think, if anything Which, in this film, I feel like we nailed that part. part yeah, of it. you got it's got a really, really strong cast all the yeah. way through it. Um, so, how did you and how did you guys become friends in the first place? With Paul and I get to know Paul. Yeah, um, we actually were introduced by Michelle Monaghan. So Michelle Monaghan and oh. I did Heartbreak Kid together. Yeah, and Michelle is married to an Australian man, and uh, Paul is Australian himself, and they had known each other from back in the day, and. So when Michelle and I were, were shooting Heartbreak Kid, she said, I really want you to meet a good friend of mine when we get back to L.A. His name's Paul. And, and that was it. We had one dinner together, all of us, and just hit it off right away and had been friends ever since. Wow. Yeah. And that was, <laughs> I mean, that Heartbreak Kid is Ferrelli's. So, like, of course, you've had this, like, experience around so many great comedic Yeah. The, the Fairley brothers are, yeah. they're like, I call them Uncle Bob and Uncle Pete now. They're still <laughs> in my life and I just adore them. I mean, they really gave me my break here. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I'm curious, like between them and then uh, you, you know, you worked on the brother Solomon, which I, which was directed yeah. by Bob Odenkirk, written by Will Forte. Like you've been around so many um, very talented comedic talents of this era how did that inform your uh you know approach to this and like how you guys found the comedy and and what you prioritized um you know it was um pete fairly was really lovely and i was really nervous when i was doing heartbreak because it was my first film in hollywood and um and he saw the nerves and i just said you know i just i just feel like i'm out of my league and um I don't have any formal training. And he just said, Mullen, you know, don't, don't do the training, just develop your own quirky sensibility. And you've already got something going on. So don't go to school and, and, and ruin that. Just go with it. And I went, Oh, all right, I guess, you know, and, and then you look at a lot of people who don't go into training, you know, any formal training, especially comedians. But um, I think that 
that being around all those guys was the best form of training, the best lesson ever, you know, like you had mentioned those two films and then you have children's hospital with Winkler and Megan Mullally and, and Rob Corddry and Ken Marino. I mean, it was just, that was really um, an intensive course, let's say a comedian, a comedy course, just watching them again. I always feel quite inferior in those situations because they're so quick and they're so amazing, but it does feel like that moment where you go, wow, I am working with people that are like um, the, the, the people that I idolized growing up. Um, and so this is really amazing. I kept, I keep to this day still, you know, whenever I work with talents like Alec Baldwin, who I just got to work with and Chick, right. you know, I, I pinch myself and I go, this is amazing. I don't know how I ended up here, but I'm really thankful for it. And I think, you know, I have always just kind of thrown caution to the wind when it comes to, um, on camera being silly and, and just being complete, making a fool of myself. I don't mind it at all. So if that gets me in the room with these guys, I need to do that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's, it's the bravery, I guess that you have of being willing to do that and why, and, and you obviously hold your own every time because you keep doing more <laughs> and it keeps working. So but I, yeah. you know, <laughs> with, with chick fight, it's like, there's a lot of, obviously there's a lot of vulnerability. Uh, and yes, there's, I can't think of a movie if there is one, I haven't seen it, but, um, where it's, it's about women fighting and that's like, I mean, there's movies where women fight obviously, sure. but this idea of it being about a women's fight club and it's right. women who are fighting together and that's the crux of the movie. Um, you know, and it's not million dollar baby or something like that. No, it's like yeah. A whole other vibe, but like, you know, professional women's boxing, but it's, um, by choice, it's a whole other side, you know, it's like a, not, uh, it's a different vibe and, um, it's very cool to see. Uh, yeah. was it, was it hard to, you know, secure backing and to get other people on board with this because it's a little different? Um, you know what we had, we have a wonderful team behind us. It was Yale Productions who backed it right away. And I feel like it wasn't once we, once Paul and I decided to pull the trigger and actually go out and try to get it made, it did not take long to be honest with you. And I think that is thanks to, you know, this day and age, I think a lot of people are looking to hire women and, and diversity and, you know, all these wonderful things that are coming up. I think that this was enticing in many ways um, to production companies and distributors, luckily for us. Uh, So you guys didn't have to travel long and far to find people who wanted to get involved. And did you have your cast sort of like, like, I mean, I know, so at this point, I assume you were, you were already planning to star and you had Paul attached to direct it. Yeah. uh, As you took it out. (laughs) And that was it. And that, that, and that, yeah, so so the, your, the rest of your cast, like Bella Thorne and Alec Baldwin, who you mentioned, they yeah. came after you guys got through with yeah. you know, some of your major it's, producers. It's that hard thing. It's the chicken before the egg, right? Because you yeah. you know you you want to get cast put together because then you you can get a better. I mean, you know, you might be able to get a better deal if you have this cast already put together before you go out and get the money. But no cast is going to attach themselves before there's money in a project. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, really that's such a good. I mean, so much of our audience is not like 
a lot of our audience is is interested in things like getting the, getting a movie made or right. making the jump to producing something or like starting out or learning about what happens and they're not going to be you necessarily <laughs> like they're not going to have the right. but on the other hand like you have unique insight into like what comes first and what makes sense to come first and that's something i haven't you know we haven't explored a lot in and is just that you know people think oh i got to attach talent but the point of like well, yeah, talent only wants to come if you've got people who are going to make the movie. Yeah. So, so tell me more about that. <laughs> well, yeah, I will. And it's not necessarily in that order. And that's the thing is that it's so hard because you kind of have to figure out what your movie is going to be, how you're going to package it. Because, you know, um, for me, it was a, it was it was the allure for me was that it was doing a film with my friend Paul. And I already know his his type of directing and the movies that he makes. And, and again, like I said, you know, he's such a cheerleader of women that I felt really comfortable putting my name on it because I knew mm -hmm. that it would be collaborative. So I wasn't like putting my name on something. And, and that way, if we got the money, great. And if we didn't, you know, no skin off my back, really. Um, but it is hard because we have done the opposite where you're, you know, you're going out with the script and you're trying to get actors um, attached. And unless it's like a killer script that just nobody can say no to, it's sometimes hard and you don't know who's going to be attracted to what scripts, you know, we've, I've been surprised before where, you know, we went out, um, with other scripts and, and just thought, oh, I don't, I don't know if it's strong enough. I don't know who's going to respond. And then you sometimes are shocked by some people responding, um, so quickly or, or, um, it really is, there's no rhyme or reason to it. There's no right way. And and the other obstacle as well is if you're sending it to agents, sometimes the agents read it and go, nah, I don't think they should read this. Meanwhile, maybe you'll your the client would have loved it, but they're not even getting the script. So it's really um it's really a struggle to get it out. And that's why for me now in the position that I'm in and and having a few movies under my belt. I've met enough people that I can reach out directly. So I don't have to go through agents necessarily. You know, I can reach out via email or something and just see if they're even interested. Um, and I think that's always the best thing to go, listen, are you interested in the material? And if so, can I keep you in mind for when we get financing? You know, can I mention your name or can I? So, yeah, there's, it's just... It's like putting the pieces together and hoping one yeah. helps lead to the other and exactly. they all land together. But so you've you've done this like you've produced before. I assume you're you're working on things. You're you're producing again. Um, do you feel like you said it's a kind of a surprise sometimes what resonates? Um, that's so insightful and useful to learn. Like you can't like you said like unless it's a script that everybody wants to do or can't say no to like. What even is that? You know, like yeah. what is that perfect? Like, does it exist? <laughs> yeah. So, what do you do? You try to keep in mind, like, I think people, like, I think this is the kind of thing this person might like, or yeah. You know, and awesome. do you ever get these sent to you? I'm sure you do, where someone's like trying to attach you to get something made. For sure. And listen, there are scripts that I and I I am of, you know, I t speak to my manager on a regular, and I just say, listen, I don't want to 
overlook any script. Um, so just the, unless it's really just unreadable, because <laughs> um, you kind of do know you get a sense of a script within the first 30 pages. So if you're a writer, I suggest making those first 30 pages real strong, <laughs> um, because otherwise you put it down and you go, this just isn't, you know, the writing, you can tell if the writing isn't great and it's just not moving. Because how many do you just, how many on average, like countless, like how many make uh. it to you? <laughs> a lot a lot definitely you know I, sure. like I said, some some actors like to tell their managers like you read it you tell me and if you don't think it's good then never mind I always I always ask them to give me at least the premise and if it sounds exciting they'll go listen the script isn't perfect but we can always do rewrites and da, da, da. And, and then I'm I'm in I'm interested in at least reading it um, yeah, but uh, well, that's cool of but, you. To yeah, do. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I get it because some of these scripts that have come through weren't weren't perfect at, right at the beginning, but I loved the premise, and so and I said yes, and and uh, you know, again, say I said yes after a meeting with the writer, director, whoever it was, and said, listen, these are some of the things that I think need to be worked on. Are you willing to? And if they say yes, then I'm happy to go in, and we can and try to work through some of the things that some of the, the speed bumps, you know? Yeah. What are the kinds of things? I mean, that's so nice to hear because I think people always hope that someone in your position who might get a script is, is willing to look past, you know, on the other end, everyone's always told like that, what you said, it has to be perfect, but that's an impossible thing. But, is, that yeah. you're, but, but what are the kinds of speed bumps where you're like, I don't know if you ever have any examples where you're like, okay, I know, this industry really well. I know the market and I know what it takes to get a movie made. Um, what are the things where you're like, I think I can help them massage this out, you know? Right. So I, I'm not a writer. That's for sure. I can tell when something's not working. I can't necessarily do a rewrite, but, um, so the ask for me is always, you know, can you do another pass? And these are yeah. some of the things that it's more of like this, either it'll be the storyline sort of having some bumps going, well, this doesn't really track or it doesn't make sense. Or I think, or I think we need a little bit more fun and games in here because you've got the, the bare minimum of it. Um, or it's character development where you're going, I love this. I love what the, the beginning of what this is, but we need more of this character. Um, we definitely need to make it more three-dimensional. And that is that happens a lot, or it used to happen a lot, especially with female um, characters, you know, the, yeah. the, the girlfriend or the sidekick or the, you know, they were very underwritten. So um, some of those things tend to stand out. Then again, listen, I also don't know, you know, some of them you take a leap of faith and you go, this sounds like fun. And, and it all is, there's so many moving pieces to make a movie. Sure. So it, it has to be, the directing has to be wonderful. Some directors can be great actors, directors, but they don't keep sight of the tone. And the, and so the tone of the film is all over the place and it doesn't know what it wants to be. And you don't know that until you start shooting, you know, what it's going to be like. Um, and then also once you get into editing, editing for me is like, is half the movie. You got to have a great editor who can really put it together. Um, and a great, and do you, as, as like a producer on chick fight, is that something where you feel like you're, you're kind of involved or engaged and you, you, 
you come by and kind of work. I mean, you know, Paul really well, you guys are like partners on this one. So yeah, I, I would have, but unfortunately the um, uh, COVID hit. So did you wrap right before basically? Yeah, right. Mid, wow. uh, mid February we wrapped and, um, wow. and to be honest with you, Paul was moving to Paris. And so the editor was going to go out to Paris and they were going to do it together and then COVID hit and they couldn't even edit it together. So now you have the editor who's in Paris and Paul, who had to follow his French wife, who got a show in Belgium, they went went down to Belgium. So now the editor's locked in lockdown in Paris, doesn't know anyone, and they have to do the post production, just sending Skype links to each other, and just did they do? Yeah, I'm curious, what tech did they use? Apparently, <laughs> you, know they use- I, you know what? Apparently, Paul was just saying Eric, our, our um, editor, would kind of turn his camera from one computer onto the screen of the other computer that he was editing on and kind of push hit play and show Paul what he was doing. And then they and then Paul would go, yeah, all right, clip this out. And then he would send the the clip that they had just done to Paul so he could see it sort of on his computer properly and then edit it from wow. there. So there's a lot of back and forth. Wow. That's really kind of not high tech, but also no, fascinating at, at the same time. Like, no, that cool. it's like gotta do what you gotta do, right? And get it done. Um so yeah, that's so, so, and then, I mean, I guess turned it around pretty quickly though, really, if yeah. you wrapped in February and we're really in quick. now. I was surprised yeah. even when I heard that, you know, we had a, a specific deadline of this year that we were trying to get it out before the end of the year. So usually it takes a year to kind of edit and get sure. distribution and get it out. But this is, this has been a quick turnaround and I, and I, I'm so happy for it because I think it's the perfect timing for films to come out, to be honest with you. Everyone's looking for new content. Desperately. Yeah. Yes. Especially things that are, I mean, there's, there's the timing you obviously couldn't have known because no. when, you were, when it was written or shooting, but it's about somebody who's, you know, everything's falling apart and they're yeah. extremely frustrated. Now, probably being in an underground fight club right now with COVID yeah. wouldn't be the smartest move. <laughs> wouldn't work. But, no. Uh, <laughs> no, not but the all. idea of just having that extra frustration, I think, to let out and just people being like sick and fed up and everything. Yeah. Um, it's a perfect, perfect time to kind of live vicariously. And we, you know, we never could have known that. And also, I also think it's, I love, I'm so happy it's coming out on demand and on digital because, you know, this, it's a, it's an indie film that we made in 17 days, you know? So, Whoa, there, really? yeah. So there are going to uh, be imperfections in, in something like that where you only have a certain amount of takes that you got until you have to move on because you got to get the next scene done. Um, so you can't. So you do a lot of fighting in the yeah. 17 days. Yeah. I want to know a little bit about the production. Like, oh how did gosh. you. Like, I mean, how much time did you have to prep and to learn? I mean, did you know how to fight? Two days. We had two days of fight prep. That was it. Um, and but So we, I guess the part where you don't know how to fight was easy to do. Well, <laughs> what's that? What did you say? The part where you don't know about fighting. That was great, yeah. <laughs> that was, to be honest with you, I so I have done a few films with stunts in them before. And so I've gone through this stunt training. Um, and I've also boxed for most of my life. Uh, or most oh, wow. Of most okay. Of life, so, you, so then it wasn't necessary. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I do have it in me. Like I, I do do boxing. I've done it for a few years. And, and um, it's just the choreography, you know, you have to learn the actual choreography so you're not actually hitting someone on the day. Um, so Shauna Galligan, who is uh, a stunt woman for the Avengers, um, came on and did the choreography and she kind of got me and Bella Thorne together 
for the two days before we started shooting, we, sh- we made sure that all the fight stuff was the last week of shooting so that during our shooting schedule, whatever free time we would have, um, we would, we recorded the fight scene and that way we could just kind of on our own go through the moves so that we could get that down. But on the day of shooting that big, long, I think it's like a seven minute fight scene. Um, we just did, took it in sections so that we could really fine tune and nail every section. And then of course the stuff that we couldn't do, we'd bring in our stunt doubles and they would make it look amazing. <laughs> That's so, uh, so did you first, was your first exposure to doing a lot of fight training Watchmen, I assume, or had yeah. you had experience even prior to that? Yeah. No, Watchmen was the first time. And that was, a, you know, and that was a big budget film. We shot that for six months and had three months of training before we even went into shooting. So yeah, that was a whole you other thing. How would you compare the experience of doing like one of these like most anticipated IP blockbuster comic book things in the world to then doing fight training on an indie. That's a comedy. Like it's as disparate as you could be, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's so different. I mean, you have all the amenities you need on a big production like Watchmen, um, anything you need really, you know? Uh, (laughs) Whereas this one, it's kind of like, it's like, it's like the movie Rocky. You've got Rocky versus uh, Dolph Lundgren's character. You know, he's right. got every m- machine he needs um, and Rocky's got, you know, a couple of bricks. So that's sort of, but they, but they still fight great. So it all, the result is always great. You know, um, it's just that the, the actual, the leading up to it is very different. Was the fact that you had mentioned the fact that you'd done this, that sort of training before, did it like, come back and they're like oh yeah i know how to do all of this stuff yeah a little bit kind of thing a little bit um and i was lucky because i just done a film last year called the sleepover and we had some stunts in that so that was sort of like a reawakening and um you know getting back on that horse so it wasn't you know it wasn't as far back as 2008 yeah yeah it was but i think it's in there and especially again if you know boxing and getting all that that coordination down it's not far off from that yeah um it i i was also thinking it probably makes sense to do it at the end just in case you know you hit each other or something like that exactly how many pages were you doing a day i'm just curious about the production of the 17 days and i feel like our audience will will love it because that's a familiar struggle for yeah. so many I feel like we it was a novel every day. I couldn't believe how many pages we got through. I really don't know, to be honest. I mean, you know, slice it up and that's what you got. Uh, slice it up yeah. in 17 days. It was, it, was a, it was a lot. It was more than you would really ever expect. It was like doing a, a TV show. Was it multicam? Did you guys do it multicam? Um, and- no. We, I think okay. there were a few days where we had two cameras. Gosh, but most of the time it was one. Um, and there was actually one scene, it's one of the last scenes where we're in my new coffee shop. Uh, and we literally, we were in the coffee shop. I don't know what had happened, but for whatever reason, the coffee shop was still open. Um, so we had customers that were kind of like waiting on the sidelines to get their coffee and we had, the light was going down. We didn't have enough time to light it. So we were just using natural light. We had literally 15 minutes to shoot the whole scene, oh, um, and it was it was one of our last. And we had to get we had to get two different angles, and it was I, I mean I, I it worked it was fine you know but what we got is what we got there was no yeah. there was no second or third take that was it 
um, yeah. and the sun was going down and it ended up being a magical moment. And you can see if you look at the movie, the sun is sort of beaming through the this beautiful window and it ended up being a magical, gorgeous moment. But um, I can't say much for the acting. <laughs> I don't know how you're very humble. But, <laughs> but we made it work. That's so cool. But I mean, that's the thing is like that. I try to tell people or we try to talk sometimes about how like you're up against it no matter what the scale. Like there's going to be moments where you hit these like impossible challenges, right? And you're racing yeah. against the clock and you're oh, there and you got to live with what you get. Um, yeah. What do you, how do you call on like some, like, cause you know, you're both the, you, you know, there's a lot of producers on this movie, but you're one of the key creative forces behind it and you're in it. <laughs> like yeah. you're on camera. How do you like, in that kind of moment, zen yourself into like, okay, I just got to deliver here. It's like an athlete, like in a, like, what do you, how do you do that? Like, what well, do you call? Yeah. I'm never the, the, the time, the producer with the timer that I don't ever sure. oh, know that. Yeah. That yeah. would be crazy. But there is, there is the producer who has the, you know, the clock who, as soon as, and that was, Anne. as soon as she walked on set, we're like, Oh, we've only got five minutes. <laughs> we're past yeah. the time we got to go and then you start getting stressed but um but I really don't I don't even think about time I just I you know you just got to be in the moment and even though even if it's stressful in between takes as soon as they call action you just got to drop into it and hope that you're you know that you're um you've got a, a safety net with your director and your producers that are going to give you at least enough time to get through the scene <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or that you trust that 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 they'll tell you if you need to do it a little differently. Yeah. Or, uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, well, that's so cool. Um, so I'm curious, just what you know, if you're you're producing more, and what other things are like on your radar? Like, what do you look for? Like when you're like, this is a project I want to get um, into, or I want to produce. Well, right now, late, you know, the past few projects has just been about garnering the experience um and yeah. and anyone who will kind of let me come on as producer um I've been really excited and feel really just grateful um and it's been friends of mine it's been Nicole Payone who wrote Friendsgiving that we did together and then now Paul Layden who's directing this one so it tends to be friendships um but now thanks to Chick Fight you know this production company that we worked with Yale Productions they just said you know if you ever want to produce anything else we'd be happy to do something with you and so now I just feel like the doors are starting to open and um and so I, I'm just looking for I, I would like to look for some good material you know something that, yeah. that speaks to me <laughs> I mean that's what we're all looking for yeah. but everyone has a different idea of what that is and so I think it's just there there can be different reasons for why I want to come on something and it can be yeah. anything from the material to a character to um, the people involved, uh, you know, as an actor, I would do anything that the Coen brothers asked me to do. I mean, I would, I would die to be in one of their films. Um, yeah. I don't even care what the role is. I'll be you know, <laughs> a mascot. They really are amazing. Oh, incredible. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I mean, like there's a lot of people that are, I'm a, just a huge fan of, and I can actually see as you talk about it, like where that sensibility sort of influences your tastes too, and your choices and just like the, yeah, it's a that's shame funny. there's not more of that kind of comedy. That's yeah. like it's sort of like it's funny, but it also is is dramatic or distressing in some way. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Honest. I love that that you know that when it pulls you in many different directions. 
it's yeah, it's yeah. So much more interesting and dynamic. I usually like to, I know we're a little over, so thank you for going over it, but I usually like to end asking people what advice they would give to someone starting out in a career in filmmaking. And obviously you've been in front of the camera as well as behind it, but um, you know, like you're out there looking for projects like we just spoke about, but you know, somebody who's looking for, how do I get into all this? How do I start out? Yeah. It's, it's, it's for everyone. It's such a different journey and there is no specific way. Um, There's a really great book called the third door that I highly recommend. And it just shows you different people's, um, ways of getting into different businesses. And it's that third door. Like there's always two lineups at a, at a nightclub, let's say there's the main lineup and then there's the VIP lineup. And then there's the third door through the kitchen. And I think that everyone should try to find their third door, meaning that you need to find your own unique way. You need to find your voice. If you're a writer, you need to find your, your tone. If you're a director, you need to find what you're unique at as an actor, because you need to stand out. There's a lot of people wanting to be in this business and, um, read as much as you can, you know, different writers and, and how they, their, what their writing skills are like, um, watch as many films as possible and see what, what draws you to it and why, and, and try to go from there. And I mean, as far as actually getting into it, you know, for actors, I always say just, um, you know, try to get some stuff either on tape, you know, commercials or anything, any materials that you can get in your hometown before you even try to get out here, try to get representation wherever you are, um, and then go from there. Because it's, really, it's so I, hard I'm, I'm just curious because I didn't because like I I love your uh, the suggestion of the third door and even the metaphor of like the going through the kitchen. So it's like, oh, how come I've never thought about trying that? But <laughs> what's the well? Obviously, now COVID is why. But right. what <laughs> what um what act like breaking into acting is like one of the hardest things to do in the world. Probably yeah. like yeah. we don't talk to a lot of people who've actually done it on this podcast and you just, you just laid out some advice. Like how does that, like, like, how did you, how did you do that? How did that happen? It was, you? Uh, you know, it, again, like this was, I, I, it's a lifetime of how I did it. You know, it just is yeah. every little moment that led up to it. I, I, my mom put me into TV commercials when I was a kid and then I didn't do it for a while. And then I went back into it and those TV commercials led to like little small roles on, on TV shows and films. And then, um, and then that led to an audition, um, for a movie called the hot chick with Rob Schneider that I didn't get, but they flew me out to LA to do, um, Hmm to do a, a screen test and through that screen test a manager heard about it and said hey called my agent in Toronto and said I've heard about this girl Mullen I think she'd be great to I think she should come out to LA and try her hand out here and it was it didn't work out and that manager dropped me and then I was here in LA with no manager and you know like it was just like one thing oh after the other. there isn't a clear way and I think that's why it's so hard to give advice because yeah, you know, but, but, but I, I can just hear in that little bit that there were so many like, I mean, flying out all the way to Los Angeles for an audition for a major movie and then not getting it. Yeah, must have been crushing. And At then first, yeah. back, and then it doesn't work out again. Like, what's the again? Like, how do you keep? 
persisting? Like what happened when you were out here without the manager and it, and it wasn't working out? I think that's like, the thing. You is, you, uh, well, I was out here with my best girlfriend and, and you need that support. You need somebody to be with for sure. And she had a manager and that manager said, I can't take you on, but there's this guy that maybe you can go meet him. And I met with this other manager and he's like, yeah, you don't have much to show for. I didn't have much on my, on my acting reel. And he said, but I, but I like your, I like your, your vibe. And, um, and he said, I'm, I can't sign you on because I'm not one of the partners at the management company, but I can send you out. And if you were to get something, then maybe I can sign you on. So it's like this, there's this underworld, this underground world I where know, you yeah. can get, you know, managers kind of send you out, hip pocketed. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that worked for me. And, and through it, I got the comeback with Lisa Kudrow. And again, that was one of those things where it's like, it was a year and a half into being here in LA. I'd given up on acting. I'd started a rock band and did that for a while. And then I was like, all right. And this new manager was like, please just let me send you out this pilot season. There's some good material and good stuff. And then I got the Lisa Kudrow thing, you know, but I was ready to go back to Toronto. I was three weeks away from leaving and going back to yeah. my studies in Toronto. So there's no, I think you just have to listen to your gut. And I think you have to listen to the response, especially if you're going out to auditions. If people are saying like, yeah, you're getting really close or like, there's no shot in hell. I think you just, (laughs) you know, and even when they say there's no shot in hell, sometimes there still is. Sometimes there still is. And you have to listen to your gut. You have to have real conversations with yourself over and over again. Um, And it's hard. It's, there is no, there's no guideline. There's no rule book. Just like parenting. There's no right way to do it. You just have to figure it out. Unfortunately. That's it. (laughs) But with parenting, there's a lot of people telling you the of right way. Of course there are. And especially <laughs> when people are not parents themselves and you just go, no, no, no. You're not allowed to say anything until you become a parent. <laughs> then you can um, I feel like the third door for you though, I mean, maybe one of the many third doors it sounds like, but becoming a producer is like another third door. And I've, yeah. I've talked to um, a few people who became directors or filmmakers and were actors where they're like, I want to, I want to go through that. I want to explore that thing. Yeah. And then suddenly that becomes this whole other life as a creative force that they have. Yeah. So it's, it's always cool to um, talk to people who have had success and then are deciding like, I'm going to challenge myself in this whole new thing in this yeah. very challenging industry after I've already succeeded at something. In right. It. Well, the thing is, is that even succeeding in this industry, you're never, it's never guaranteed. And I think that, you know, with producing, I can start having a bit more control. And like I said, you know, putting together people I want to work with and um, having that control and, and the excitement of working with people that I, I've always wanted to work with. So, yes, that's, well, that's really cool. Um, well, thank you again so much for doing yeah, this. I really no appreciate problem. it. It was, really fun. it was great having you. Thanks, everyone. That was our interview with Mullen Ackerman. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to leave a comment, rate, like, subscribe to the podcast, and let us know what you think of how we're doing. Email us questions, comments, concerns, doubts, fears at ask at nofilmschool.com or editor at nofilmschool.com. As always, you should check out our weekly podcast. It comes out on Thursdays, features myself and Charles Hain and rotating other guests as we talk about the world of filmmaking and what's happening and what you might have missed while you're making movies or watching things like Chick Fight on streaming platforms. 
And of course, head over to No Film School. We have, it's holiday season. NoFilmSchool.com will have gear guides, gift guides, holiday guides, all kinds of things, Black Friday guides and deals, Cyber Monday deals. So for all your gear needs and gift buying needs for yourself, as much as for other people and the filmmakers in your life, please check that out. Thanks so much. 